watching this video come up on, on my page today, it was probably shared in the last podcast, I don't know, but it's this guy with long blonde hair and he's got like makeup on one eye and he's going, the world is all mathematics, everything is math. So if you look at it, he goes on and explains how everything's math and numbers and you think, hey, fair enough, that's all right. He goes on about how yeah, you've been lied to and stuff and how you eventually like colours on numbers and all that kind of stuff that you can eventually mm-hmm. see sounds and colours, kind of how I would accept, I expect it to be like, you know, the Matrix, when he sees all the binary at the end, like, uh-huh. like potentially, you could expand your mind to become and see the world as numbers like that. And then the video goes off and he comes back and, thanks guys for watching my video. If you want to go to Patreon, you can give me some money and we can keep making these videos. It's been great to, to have all your support. And I thought, well, that just completely ruins the illusion of this weird, you know, long-haired, mystical character you created with your Patreon shout at the end. It's actually come three or four times on mine and I watched the first 10 seconds in silence and then just turn it off. <laughs> Cause I'm like fuck you, mate. I watch it. Honestly, it's, it's such a such a shift at the end to to when starts asking for money. I'm like, oh, that just ruins everything for me. I don't trust the MD that wears face paint. <laughs> other than on, kiss. On other than kiss, who we're going to see, <laughs> incidentally, next week. Welcome to Scotland Lane versus Evil episode forty three. I really should look at this before we yeah. start recording. We do a lot of prep before we come on, <laughs> as you can as you can see. <laughs> we're going to talk about Cabin Fever, the original, not the shambolic remake from last year and Cabin in the Woods have you got any information about them? well I've got information about all of them <laughs> which one was that way? Go Cabin Fever let's go Cabin Fever you know when you've known someone a long time and you just want to kiss them just to see if they're a good kisser or not there's nothing wrong with that right? stay by Eli Roth back in 2002 Two. 2002 yeah yes stars Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World Jordan Ladd from Death Proof Ryder Strong was he the one that was banging Topanga or was it the other guy that is not Shia LaBeouf that looks like Shia LaBeouf <laughs> was it him that was banging Topanga for Boy Meets World what's Topanga Topanga the, the sexy lassie for Boy Meets World oh I didn't watch Boy Meets World I can't remember one of them was banging Topanga and I can't remember and it also stars James DeBello from Detroit Rock City, Scary Movie 2 and American Pie. And then the other guy, Giuseppe somebody, also from Oh yeah, 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 Giuseppe Andrews. He's brilliant. It had a budget of 1.5 million and it made 8.6 million its opening weekend and then 21 million gross. So that's a pretty decent debut for you. Like, yeah. Too bad that he just went fucking way downhill. Yep. <laughs> you know, it maintained the crest with Hostel and then fucking everything after that. Right up, right up until Knock Knock is just fucking... Green Inferno was good. Well, was it? I uh, mean, it was alright, but it wasn't brilliant. Nah, I, liked, I enjoyed Green Inferno. 
I enjoyed Hostel 2. Hostel, what, you enjoyed Hostel 2 or Hostel you enjoyed one. Hostel number 2? Hostel 1 and Hostel 2. Yeah, right, but then, then Hostel 3, is that when he didn't direct Hostel 3? Yeah, is that right? they go to Vegas. Oh, that was shit, that one. Um, I Green Inferno was, was pretty much shit. Was the only good. good thing about it was Spy Kids, he's banging. Which is <laughs> a weird thing to enjoy for that movie. <laughs> uh, I think Cabin Fever, much like a lot of the movies we've been doing recently, when it first came out, I thought it was really good. I enjoyed it. I was at the age where all the childish, stupid humour was actually funny. Watching it back for this, I was like, Cabin Fever's pretty shit. Yeah, there's a lot of things, a lot of parts in it where you like, you question like the jokes or the or the chat or. It's quite. Know. It's like quite a cringe fest at times. Everything is gay. Like, the squirrels are gay. Yeah. The, the, the guy's acting gay. Oh, don't be gay. Which, obviously, now you can't really get away with that. Oh, I'd still partially calling people gay that aren't homosexuals, but at the time, when you were in high school, you probably thought, oh, that is so funny, he is gay. Whereas now you're like, shut up. Yeah. Do this is, I mean, this is pretty standard for the whole... I mean, there's probably talked about this quite a lot during this episode since the next movie is straight up uh-huh. make, like to making fun of the trope but the trope is right there why is it always set up to have five folk like pretty much always has to be at least five people and there's, there's always a fifth wheel in there and there's always a couple that are already, already banging already banging a couple that want to but never will because they're so nervous and shy and the other guy who's just <laughs> the guy yeah. who's just there for comic relief it's actually when we're going to talk about Cabin in the Woods that's this, the setup is actually the standard I mean I, I guess the, the trope was already made from maybe like way back in the 70s where you're, uh, you're a camp and counsellor kind of de- like movies when Friday the 13th and all that, so that kind of demographic yeah. of the characters the stereotype there was ready but the five characters in Cabin in the Woods are actually straight off yeah Cabin Fever when you, when you, Aye, when you lay them out yeah. um, Greg Nicotero worked in special effects in this movie which I always remember the effects being really, really good. Aye. Watching back, I'm like, oh, this is just blood, blood. on the face. There's no really any like gruesome cuts or gouges or. There was, uh, was there not? Is there not a pretty gruesome part somewhere? When she's in the bath shaving her legs. Yeah, but even no, even that one was fell flat because I, she shaved over the top, and it, I always remember it as if they peel back like a layer of skin. But it just. It's like they take the soap away, and, and that's it. It's yeah, just there. It's there's cuts in her leg. I was quite disappointed with the effects. I know it's from 2002, so it is a bit dated, but... I heard somewhere, somebody is um, talking about old movies and said, when did we be coming into the future? And they say it's about 2004. Mm. That's when you start to, like, pre-2004, you can look at things and say, well, that does look dated. I mean, I guess that'll, that'll change as we move on again. Yeah. We're going further and further. It'll, it'll keep going forward, but I have it 2004. I was surprised it was Greg Nicotero. He's got quite a, a great back catalogue. Ah. There was really, it was a lot of kind of spitting of blood. It was a lot of stuff that you could probably do in your kitchen. Yeah. If you were allowed. <laughs> <laughs> See the whole, right, how do you remember this movie? I remember the, the whole bit with the, the wee guy and his karate moves and that whole part that um they, they were putting because he had seen the wee guy practicing karate and he found out it was an actual black belt so he wanted to put it in. One the wee boy shit at karate, right? That's no fucking black belt karate. That's like when a kid goes to karate and they just give them the belt. Do, you know what I mean? Like, oh, everybody just got a, a medal for turning up. Two, the whole pancake scene was shit. I, I, I still don't get the relevance to pancake. It's it's rubbish. I just, uh, yeah. Hello? 
Somebody help! Oh! What the hell happened to you? Uh, my friend, she's sick. You don't look so good. I know. There, just, there's this disease. I, I, I think all my friends are getting it. And I, do you just know where a hospital is around or something? Yeah. Stay right there. Don't come any closer. I'll be the doctor. Thanks. Pancakes! Pancakes! No pancakes. Pancakes! No pancakes! <laughs> That's, I don't remember that from originally watching it. So when I watched it the other night, they got to the petrol station, which, or the, the shop, which is again in every cabin in the woods film. Yeah. They like Texas Chainsaw Mask and stuff. There's wee hillbillies in the shop that the outsiders aren't welcoming. The little boy's sitting there with the fakest wig I've ever seen <laughs> on a child or on an adult. Why would, there must be, that must be his hair though. Why would they put that? It no, nobody. If somebody has actually let their child grow hair like that, then social services... Hellbilly backwards characters. No, because it was actually kind of poker straight. It was a bit like a glam band. <laughs> glam band hairstyle on a, a shit karate acting out child. But why Why did the kid just bite him? And then why did the guy in the shop, who's obviously his dad, come out and be like, oh yeah, that's what he does, as if that's normal. Even in Hillbilly Backwoods, it's not normal but for they, they also They do bring that up and say to him, why, I mean, you should have a sign, which then at the end, when he goes back, there's a sign up in the yeah, wall, yeah, yeah. don't sit next to Dennis. But it's pointless. It's like that kind of, there's levels of a comedy in it, and it, you know at the start, when they're in the shop, and the old kind of nice old man's serving, and they're like, oh, you don't, it's like fox urine or whatever it is yeah. for the for the hunting, so go, what's that for? Oh, it's for foxes. And they're like, huh, and what's the shotgun for? Oh, that's for the... Yeah, the end bomb for the, the end bomb <laughs> I, I mean even if I'm saying it because somebody else said it can I even say it I don't know but then at the end of the movie like four black folk go into the shop and they're like high-fiving in that and then they give them as if they're buying the gun so that's like a joke within itself which is actually more offensive the way that plays out than if he had just been racist at the start he's just cleaned the gun for the black guys because it's only the black guys that would have guns and then he's fist bumping them and oh what's and, up my homie and using the word like as if as if he's allowed to it. Yeah. It actually, it works out. It kind of way me, more racist. To me, it kind of played out as if it was just like that kind of that joke was maybe like a, an influence for Tucker and Dale. Like not saying that they were at the race; they'd done the jokes better because obviously that was a comedy film. But you know that that whole idea there that that isn't in like a joke that it's the yeah. people the people go in and they think holy fuck these backwards guys are racist as shit. We better get out of here because they're you know they're horrible people. And it turns out he was he's actually nice friends with the black folk but it's yeah, not yeah. like you still shouldn't be saying the word but you know it's like it's it was playing on what you're expecting I to happen I think Eli Roth tried to get too many genres in as you say Tucker and Dale was a comedy yeah. uh, Evil Dead the original was a horror this is trying to be everything yeah. and now watching back it, it does it, it falls too flat he should have just stuck with one genre it should be a disease movie that's it fucking gruesome gory brutal so they go into the woods, right? 
mm-hmm. or the cabin that they've bought or like their friends bought or I think it was a brother has bought this cabin they're going to go stay and it always, every time I watch them I think we should definitely go like a creepy hot camping trip in the middle of nowhere because it would okay. be great <laughs> so he gets seriously friend zoned now I know there's going to be you know third wave feminists has got to say the, there isn't a friend zone because they owe you nothing and all that kind of shit right but she, he does get totally friend zoned because he says how much he fancies her and she's like oh you're so sweet or something like that Every episode, you're either a feminist or non-feminist. <laughs> you, you change every week. Uh, I, like, I like to flip-flop over the place. <laughs> um, so, it, so then uh, he kind of gets knocked back almost, and then the at one point, uh, Eli Roth comes in with his, a wee cameo for himself. Which, the acting is atrocious. It's pointless. Like, that character's <laughs> pointless. Hey, oh, this is Dr. Mambo. <laughs> We're just going to sit with her big bag of wheat. I sound more like Forrest Gump than fucking Dr. Mambo guy, but, uh, or like Grimm, I think his name is. So if, if Forrest this weird... Gump, by the way, would have been even better if Forrest Gump had just a big giant bag of wheat. <laughs> right, well, you know, he probably did. Would you, so if um, Grimm and Dr. Mambo come up to your campfire in the middle of the woods, you're like, what the fuck are you in the first place for? Would you change your mind and let him if he came with that big bag of weed? And it's not even a big bag of weed, it's a fucking huge... Like, it's a fucking massive bag of weed. It's like a big bag of sheer bag of crisps. Uh, it looks it looks like he dyes his hair and his eyebrows. And his wee goatee, his soul I, patch. I don't trust people that dye their hair black and their eyebrows and their wee beard. Because they look like, like their fancy static eggs. <laughs> static eggs. <laughs> so would you still turn him away even if he's a big bag of weed? Oh no, the big bag of weed, I'd have that off him. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know that... Um, the dog Dr Mambo Eli Roth wanted it to be in the movie because it was the same dog that acted in the movie with Patrick Swayze I can understand that I but like by the time that they obviously by the time they made Cabin Fever the dog was old and was too tired to, to act <laughs> properly that's why if you notice at the end when Dr Mambo's coming he's going crazy at them it's a completely different dog yeah and that completely different dog was a because they had to get the last minute was a police dog that was too mental to be so that's why it's only, it's never in shot with any actors. The whole crew had to hide behind stuff. Just while he barked yeah, and well the dog back because it would have to, it would have attacked them. So I think it's at this point that um the round about the 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 campfire that they have that they have this bet. Oh, I bet you I could drink only beer, right? If you could see me drinking anything else, right? That's a complete bullshit bet because quite often when we go on holiday, I do drink only beer and I almost kill myself. And I I properly drink beer. I don't like American pussy drink beer. I actually drink loads and loads of beer. You don't drink water, you become dehydrated and you end up lying on the floor of your van as you drive us back to download <laughs> because you can't move. Which has happened on way too many <laughs> occasions. Do you know what I mean? Like, th- see this whole, the, like, there's no way. Yeah, especially the guy, the guy's quite like a, a bulky jock guy, you think? Him drinking beer all the time is something he does even at home. Like, it shouldn't be a thing that he has to bet with his pals. Yeah. Uh, it does seem a bit But nonsense. it's because they say it's, that's the only thing they can drink, so no water, no juice. So for even for breakfast and whatever you're drinking, I mean, do you imagine waking up in a hangover? How thirsty you? So that's, that 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 assumes the way they always do it in these movies that they don't actually get drunk. Do Americans get really drunk? Because they only, they only been, drink like two beers and then they're then they're off their heads. Any time I've been to America, I've like I've tried to hammer them to get drunk because I can't dance unless I'm drunk. Yeah. Whereas Americans. Or the Americans I know, not to just... Yeah, this, but this is not um, to put all the Americans <laughs> into the same uh, boat. We do have a couple of American listeners. I'll, I'll take like Coming. two beers and then they'll be up dancing, uh, having fun. Whereas I'm like, fuck that, I need to like be celebrating yeah. before I'm having fun. So we invite any American listeners to come over here and come drink with us and see what the... Actually show us that we are I, really pussies. Let's, let's, see, let's see what the difference in cultures are really like. Uh, about this time where they've got the girl who's playing the stereotypical slutty uh-huh. girl who bangs everybody. 
they've got her walking away and it's like the weirdest ass shot and it goes in slow motion she's wearing denims she's walking back to the cabin but her ass isn't even that nice and I was watching I was actually watching it with Lena and I was like what is the point in that slow-mo so it's actually quite a, like, a flat ass so it's just pointless it's, uh, there's a lot of things in this movie that I think <laughs> is, that is pointless I don't know how far we get on but my next note is talking about the water and that's when they kind of show you that the dead guy this must be after the guys came and, and messed about with them or like we get the guy from uh, the stoner idiot who shoots to shoot, try to shoot squirrels shoots a guy in the woods who then comes up to the the house uh-huh. and he's he's infected and they try and get him, get him away he gets into the car why the fuck is again the keys are in the car they mm-hmm. leave the keys in the car it's so annoying that trope and then he just sicks blood all over the car like literally everywhere like an inhumanly amount of blood all over the car and then they go and kick the shit out of the car and then set him on fire and yet nothing they've done to the car warrants it to not start when they try to start <laughs> yeah I didn't even think of that yeah they just they just battered he's the side panels he's, he's hit it with a bat like three times and the car stops working <laughs> that is a piece of shit car <laughs> but, so then he runs away he gets set on fire and he runs away and he dives into the water and this is when they try and explain that that's how they get infected through the water which ties into the whole we are only going to drink beer so then they won't get infected because if they're only drinking beer they're not drinking the water yeah. he's pouring cups uh, cups of water for his the, the girl that's friends on him because she's the only one that seems to be mega affected that they kick the shit out of a guy and set on fire yeah but the, the rest of them seem so lazadaisical the fact that there's a burning dead man outside yeah. like the next day it's like oh what's up with you but here's the question I want to ask how would that water even be clean, even without the dead guy in it? It's a, it's a lake with a pipe in it, just pumping it into, into the house. Maybe there's... Where's the filtration? I was going to say, maybe there is filtration I don't underneath the Well, water. if there's filtration, then it then that, that would cancel it out anyway, would it not? I don't know what America's like. Can you drink the water in America? Like I don't the tap know. water? You can certainly drink the tap water in Scotland. It's the most delicious tap water you can in the whole world. I feel bad for the people in Africa who have to walk 50 miles for their water. <laughs> I need to walk 15 feet into my kitchen <laughs> and I'm hydrated. There you go, actually you got your charity <laughs> your charity <laughs> statement through there. Uh, not long after that, that, the policeman comes. Yeah, Giuseppe Andrews. Who says the word party an inordinate amount of times. He, he says the word party 15 times in total. I, I'd say it was more than that. Well, I've, I, I did, I, che- I, I counted. Oh, really? Yeah. And he uses it both as verb and ag- adjective just, <laughs> and noun. Uh, I'm telling you, man, this is a major party town. Really? Are you kidding me, man? You know what it's like? Like when you go to a new town, right, and you're the new guy? Mm. All the girls see you walking down the street. They all know you got five pounds of dangling meat. You're looking for no commitment. You understand what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've heard that theory before. Shit, man, this is that town. It's like when I go party up in uh, Wambusox, my cousin goes to school there. When I party in Wambusa, I know I'm gonna get pussy, man. Plus, you know, the girls up there, they don't know I'm a deputy, you know, they don't know what I do. So I know they're gonna party hard with me. And believe me, man, they do. <laughs> That's too bad. I bet you used to rule this town before you had a badge. <laughs> yeah, but you know, badge make you grow up quick. Holy shit, man. These guys really need a number on your ride. You know, I'm gonna put on APB. We're gonna catch this guy, all right? Yeah, you know, it. It wasn't totally him. We we hit it too, but we were we were just trying to scare him away, you know. Do you think you can get somebody up here to fix it? What do I look like, man, an idiot? I'll have somebody up here by tomorrow afternoon, right? Your top priority. You're the party man. Do you realize how many great parties we're gonna have? 
fortune shined on you, brother. I know where all the big parties are at. <sighs> Listen, just remember my name's Winston, all right? You know how to get a hold of me, right? And you're like, wait, fucking hell. Like, that character, and I like him in Detroit Rock City, but that character is it's just counterproductive. Why is he there? Uh-huh. He uh, he also was in, uh, I think it was, I wanted to say Scrubs, but I think it was two guys that get on a pizza place. That's exactly what it was. Uh, he was called yeah. Germ. So um, do you know what Eli Roth was going to cast himself as the deputy as Giuseppe yeah. Andrews' character but he kind of, I don't know if Giuseppe Andrews came in and auditioned or how it changed or maybe realised that he's a shit actor and he shouldn't put himself that, massively in his that movie that character just shouldn't have been in it because the whole storyline just well, it kind of slows what, down every what time I, he's on screen what I think it, it shows is that it, it, there's, there's kind of clever ideas in it which I think Eli Roth was trying to show it's the he try and he tries to make as if the people at the the gas station are scary and and kind uh-huh. of almost involved. He tries to make out that Giuseppe Andrews is weird and almost involved in some kind of conspiracy. He tries to make out that the hillbillies he goes and finds, you know, when they go and try and get help with the car, the woman uh-huh. got in the pig, as if they're weird and you're somehow involved. But really, when you find out at the end, when Boy Meets World stumbles across Giuseppe Andrews at another party trying to get some teenagers drunk. That um, he just genuinely forgot to send the the tow truck. Yeah, he, yeah. he didn't. He wasn't. Um, he wasn't in on it. He wasn't in on anything. And even when he found out he was supposed to like shoot him, he still he couldn't do it because he was just genuinely a normal nice person. Who just likes a bit, the party? I who just likes the party, <laughs> right? So I think he. I think he was trying to show. I think that's what he was trying to show. But it it doesn't kind of transpire that over unless you're watching it and you know like maybe taking notes and trying to be a bit more yeah, critical. Yeah. Or not just a general watch. You're just like it's kind of disjointed almost. Yeah. So Boy Meets World keeps bringing his pal water from the tap. He's not involved in the beer bet, so what the hell is he drinking? I know, I think he's putting all his efforts into banging that lassie that he's not drinking. He's not drinking or eating. He's 24 hours a day thinking about dicking her. Is this when he goes into the room and she's asleep? Yes. <laughs> so, so I really have literally got my note here. So did we discuss Boy Meets World's sleep rating her? <laughs> In 2002, I was 12, 12 or 13. I can't remember if I knew at the time if sleep rape was allowed or if it was highly found upon. But do you know what? They put romantic music on during it as if it's alright that he's sleep raping just, her. Just fingering her randomly <laughs> when she's asleep. Is, is that a thing that is that a thing guys do? And, and you know you know the thing about it as well? They actually had the character, they had a couple of scenes that she was starting to see him romantically as if she was she would have been into it. He did, he did not need to start fucking poking inside her when she was sleeping. But it doesn't it doesn't actually make out as if he's doing anything wrong. Yeah. It's as if she's having a nice dream and she's enjoying it. But come on to fuck, just just wake her up. At least listen, is this is this alright? I know. <laughs> Before I'm inside you when you're sleeping. I mean what would you I mean what would you do? What would she what would he have done if she woke up and started screaming? Which is fair she's more than entitled <laughs> to do. Do you know what I mean? Like, how would you explain that to the rest of your pals? I thought I thought she'd be all right, mate. You know? <laughs> yeah, she she was making groaning noises in her sleep, so she was fine. It it does seem that 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 was an an overlooked scene in the editing room, and when you watch the dreadful shambolic remake, where everything is scene by scene, the lines are the same, just by people who can act even less than the folk in the original, they have her awake. And that's the only difference in the right. remake that she's actually awake when she's getting fingered, which is fair enough. You should be awake. When you're <laughs> you, should fingered. Be, you should be. Uh, so I think even the the director of the new one has went right. Sleep rape 
that crosses a line. <laughs> See, and you know, the thing is, like, and as much as I'm all for equality and everything else, and maybe watch what you say. I don't want you. I don't want you can ever be sleep raped. But if you know, you know, if I ever, you know, if I ever woke up and Lauren had began Finger emotions <laughs> on me, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be bothered. <laughs> I'd actually be quite chuffed. But that's because you love her I just hope in, that a, in a committed relationship. I just hope with that her. I'd, I just hope that I wake up well, in enough time to enjoy it. <laughs> Imagine oh, what's a, you got like ten seconds, <laughs> ten seconds, ten seconds to get started, wake up and enjoy it. <laughs> you're in a committed relationship though. Imagine you're at a party, you woke up and just some like fucking lassie that was in the friend zone was just a finger up your ass. Aye. No, I I do understand. <laughs> um Right, so we're on a camping trip, right? Uh-huh. We're properly secluded in the middle of nowhere. As in me and you? As in as a group of us. Right, okay. One of us gets sick. Uh, yep. What would you do? Shoot you. <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay. Because uh, here's what I don't get. The, uh, the guy, the stoner guy, has kind of the right idea. Everybody don't touch her because she's contagious and we don't want to get sick. That's fair enough. But and when also did they... there's a possible lingering rape case. <laughs> yeah, yes. Has the other guy's DNA on her vagina, well, so don't touch her. He's lucky that um, he's lucky that she was sick because then they just managed to just like br- I w- brush w- over w- the uh, the rape. Um, what you just shut the door and just keep it in in the room? That's enough. They put it outside in the fucking shed. <laughs> that is an extreme reaction. Which is quite funny though, because it's got these stable doors. And like they've got the bottom bit shut, and she's like, "Oh fuck all you guys!" And they just look at her and shut the door. <laughs> like, That's so cruel. <laughs> but if it was you guys, I would yeah, I'd put you outside as well. What would you do? I would no, I would I would just leave you in the the room and just like be like, "Oh shit." Or drive or drive because the van sh- no the van they didn't get the van working. Or the van working no, because the van the headlight was broke, so the van would. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. Aye. So they they keep her in the shed. She gets more and more annoyed and more and more sick. They all split up to try and go and get help, and we get kind of this is when we meet different hillbillies and kind of find out that it's in the water and all that kind of stuff, and it kind of, the, the stuff moves forward. The dog keeps coming back as well and tends to, to eat their pal, which I mean it's just it's such a it's such a catalogue of ridiculous stupid decisions that just when you look at them wouldn't happen. Yeah, but then when you go to cabin in the woods, maybe they would happen because the the type of characters that they are, like they don't really have free will. Aye, like I, I do, and that's what but I'll come to get to when we get to Cabin in the Woods, like I, I do enjoy that part. They, they go and try and escape, somehow they get the, the van working and they go and try and escape, but then she's six blood everywhere, and they're like, oh no, we can't take her now, why, why, what's changed? The guy, the stoner guy was already happy to be in the front seat with her, he's already in there, he already knows that he's getting infected, he wants to get out, out of Dodge, the back of the van is uncovered, so it's fresh air that's in it, because it's a kind of half convertible thing, why has anything changed? Still put her in the van and drive. But maybe they, they don't know how it's contagious. It could be bloodborne or airborne. So I get why they maybe thought, no, just I would have just left her there and I'd have got in the water myself. I wouldn't have given her the chance to sick blood everywhere. Yeah. Right. But I mean it has to, that's how it moves forward and that's how the stone runner goes away and meets pancakes karaoke uh, karaoke uh, karate scene and um and all the other fucking shit that happens. And then that's when the hillbillies become vigilantes to try and stop the infection yeah. and come after them, shooting after them. And we do get some sweet practical effects completely forgot. We get to see Eli Roth's character dead. I think uh, Dr. Mambo's ripped him apart or something. I can't remember that, but... And then also Dr. Mambo rips apart the other girl. Oh, no, I do it in the face. And she's kind of like... She's still alive and her face has been 
eating off. Yeah, but then he then Boy Meets World comes back and it's just like a foot and Hunter's a yeah. like blood everywhere. The, the effects, it's not that they're not good, it's just for the actual disease bits, there was nothing there was nothing to write home about. Yeah. And then the, the crazy comical ending. So he turns up to the, and that's when he, when um Boy Meets World comes wandering through the woods, he's covered in blood. Um, which I don't even remember how he gets covered in blood, but he just, he's completely covered in blood. Apparently, during filming, he wandered off for a walk during like when he was set up for these scenes, and yeah. a Girl Scout group freaked out, thinking he was a proper murderer, and then found out who he was, and then freaked out because they only wanted to shag him. They only wanted to sleep rape him. Yeah, he was probably, he was probably fingering them all <laughs> sleep anyway. He comes to the, he comes to the, uh, the, the, the deputy having, finding a, an actual party because there's more than, you know, there's, uh, yeah. there's three, three girls, and uh, they're, they're all getting steaming, and he's encouraging them to get steaming. There's like three stooges playing the uh, playing the instruments. One of them's playing a harmonica and it gets bashed into his throat and he's breathing his harmonica in, like, in his throat as Boy Meets World is just bouncing into them and being sick on everybody. I can't remember the harmonica bit. He's the boy's like walking about and they've got a harmonica sideways inside his throat. It's a complete comical joke ending. Uh, with blood. Obviously. I've obviously overlooked that bit but I fell asleep. <laughs> you get anything no, else? No, pretty much that's, that's my notes. Apart from the fact that it ends with Nine Inch Nails last, and I do, because I love Nine Inch Nails, any movie that ends with that makes me give it an extra point because mm. I've left it on a high. But for the rest of the movie, I'd probably give it a five. I'm just going to go sit right in the fence. Mm. It's worse than I remember it, but I think for what it was for independent horror when it came out, it's worthy of being middle of the road. I've got it tries to have a running theme of mistaken ID with the hillbillies I've tried to explain there about how nobody's actually in it but the film tries to make use if they're in it the only true evil is the virus and then each other it almost hints of where perhaps Tucker and Dale come from and I think just in uh-huh. that, that where they maybe got the idea to make the Tucker, make Tucker and Dale through that whole um, gas station scene it's a stellar debut it's an interesting story it is good FX but it's just not scary uh, and I give it seven sleep rapes out of ten. Seven's quite high. It's quite high because it, it's a good debut. It's all right. I mean, I'll always kind of watch it as if it's all right. I I, think I would probably have given it a seven back in two thousand and two, but it just does not hold up to a rewatch when you're an adult and realise that sleep rape is bad. Sleep rape. Sleep rape is always bad. If you've been affected by sleep rape, stop being a bitch and go on. <laughs> I'll be cutting that. So the cabin in the woods, by, directed by Josh Whedon, and that was from two thousand and ten. Everybody ready? It doesn't even show up on the GPS. It's unworthy of global positioning. That's the whole point. Get off the grid, right? Hello. I'm thinking this thing doesn't take credit cards. Sign says closed. We're looking for, uh, what's it called? Tillerman Road. Not to get you there. Getting back. That's your concern. Oh, this is awesome. Whoa. No way. Have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Get 
Joss Whedon, it was directed by Drew Goddard. Drew Goddard, both worked together on Buffy. Mm-hmm. Joss Whedon, I think, is one of this the greatest, series' yeah, the best people. finest writers and directors. Mm-hmm. And right off the bat, I fucking love Calvin in the Woods. I think it's a brilliant film. I really enjoy it. I can't remember how much I give it, but I definitely really enjoy it. Yeah. It had a budget of £30 million. It made fourteen point seven in its opening weekend and grossed forty two million. So it's not actually not that good in its yeah. cinematic release, but I think it's a potential cult classic because of I'm very like looking through some of the stuff when I was rewatching it for this. I'm quite surprised that there was a lot of reviews that were kind of sitting in the fence. I thought this really was a strong cult film because it's clever, it's fully wee nods and homages, and it's done. For me, as near perfection as a Cabin in the Woods movie can be done. I, th- I agree. I absolutely agree. So yeah, so you start off and you know you get the intro scene and like, we haven't had a glitch since 98. I was like, what? I tried to figure out if there was like a movie in 98 or something that would go that, but Did I never, I didn't figure it out. No, it's Did the you? faculty. Oh, the faculty. That's why I say it's the chem department. Oh. Uh, because obviously the faculty, nobody actually died. They were just all kind of getting transformed into this alien thing. So it's a wee nod to the film. Oh, right, right. That's, that's, Again, that's I, did, I did Google that. Right. There's no way. There's no way I'd have worked that out myself. The, um, but that intro scene was done on purpose to confuse the audience because they were expecting the Cabin in the Woods movie. The trailer probably only had them the actual making it look like a genuine movie and then you start off with the science lab. I really like that bit. There's a, a part in it at the very start where they're, they're mentioning that Japan have a perfect record mm-hmm. for what the events of the twist will be. And America are number two, and I like I feel like that just as a wee in joke that they're saying Japanese horror is far better, Aye. especially because of the episode a few weeks ago where I have been fucking Japanese horror out my mind. Mm-hmm. I, I I like that. Yeah, uh, I also like that. Um, after that intro scene, we just get um the cabin in the woods and big red writings, but it's like jammed writings. Yeah, and that, it's I mean it's so simple, but it's done in quite a bunch of movies probably maybe we'll talk about it next uh, episode as well and it's it's good I like it it feels like a, the old VHS days mm. the thing where the, or the B movie days where the title just slap bang right yeah. in the front yeah, I, like I do enjoy it yeah. did you know that Fran Kranz had to go to stoner school to get his character down stoner school stoner school they set up a stoner school for him where he learned how to like act he's sat with, spent time with serious stoners figured out how to act and he also learned how to roll joints quite like to go to that school <laughs> I can only fill a pipe I can't roll a joint 
Anyway, that bong he's got in this movie though at the start, it's like a cup flask. Yeah. And it just turns into a bong. Apparently that was actually a practice. Like it was a working Aye. prop, but it cost them fortunes to make. If anyone ever sells that. Have you I- ever seen the prank video where a guy uses one? Is that a prank video? And he sits in the park and he uses it and he puts it all up and then a wee old woman sitting next to him and kind of eyes him and she doesn't notice that he does it. And it's the same same prop, oh, really? right? It's the same. It's the same bong. I fucking love that man. Um, again, I've written that I'd love to go a creepy camping trip. I think we should definitely arrange one. It seems a bit nonsense at the start of this though that they're going on the creepy camping trip, but they leave. Why don't they leave from the house of the guy that owns the camper van? They all leave from like the lassie's house. In the movie, so see when the guys on the roof. One of the security guys, mm-hmm. he's like, they've left the nest. Well, why is why is he up there? Why didn't they leave from? That's just me. Just yeah, trying to pick no, I, but... I mean, I don't know, but I mean, do they even explain how? Like, because obviously they were working to get the, these five people together to go on mm-hmm. the trip in the first place. So it's even before they get to the cabin, it's it's all orchestrated. Like, I mean, so I don't know how they mm. managed. It's it. a very very small minor point, but because I just want to be pernicky because I love this movie so much, I want I want to try find something wrong with it I like the way what I liked in it is the fact that the um, as it transpires I mean should we spoil yeah, it the spot, yeah. there's a secret lab that's is supposed to be working behind every single horror movie you ever watch and they guide in the the, the, the plot along uh, so in this one so basically in this one it's the cabin in the woods story it's you've got your five characters who they explain as, as we'll get further into it but in this movie, our characters to begin with are not the stereotypes. Yeah. Like Chris Hemsworth is the supposed to be the jock, but to begin with, he's like a sociology major. Mm-hmm. And he's really smart and he's really funny and caring and nice. And then later on, they can apply them with kind of gas drugs or I think there's a there's a something to say that there's stuff beforehand like the the girl the slut girl supposed to be had just dyed her hair and apparently the hair dye had something in it to change she her. Died, she dyed blonde to and make then her the a bimbo. Made her this this stupid blonde. Um. So their characters change as they actually get into the, the, the cabin area. Um, which would make you think that... So so, they, so they're not making a movie. They're saying that every horror movie is real. Yeah, they're saying that everything that's ever happened in a horror movie is this faculty or the, the science research team, which obviously we find out at the end, are doing this for sacrifices because they have to sacrifice the jock, the, the, kind of, the stoner, the slut, the the intelligent yeah, geek the guy scholar and the virgin and then the virgin can either die or not die and that's to appease the folk whoever it is that are down below like the gods yeah so it's just saying all horror movies are real they can't control the free will but they can put you in a position where you have to make a choice which your choice will then inevitably lead to your death your death which obviously cabin woods and uh, sorry cabin fever and stuff all do so the stupid blonde becomes a stupid blonde so she's going to be all slutty she's going to have sex with someone and that will eventually lead to her dying whereas before she became the blonde slutty one mm-hmm. in reality she wouldn't have our path wouldn't have went down that road yeah. so I'm kind of lost where I am now <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple of things in it though it's very clever but there's a couple of things in it that don't kind of make sense on how they get to where they go in the in the cabin there's a kind of two, one way mirror or two way mm-hmm. mirror sorry and the guy the scholar sees the virgin on her side, she's about to strip, and he has a, his, uh, his, mo- his morality stops him from letting her strip off in front of the mirror. Which we, we're all gutted about, because <laughs> the lassie that plays Dana is 
very, very beautiful. She's also not Kimmy Schmidt, which I had to check. <laughs> she, she does look a lot like, yeah. Um, so then, so then they decide. So he tells everybody there's this two way mirror, and they go, "That's mega creepy." So he says to the girl, "Actually, you can sleep in this side then, because so you know, I'm not going to watch you, but just so." He goes into the other side of the room, and he immediately strips off. Now he knows fine well that she's going to be watching him. Like, I mean, I'd have, and she obviously covers up before we see him, but I'd have been on the other side fucking naked straight away, helicoptering about all over the place. It's two weeks in a row you've done helicopters. <laughs> and see when I was editing... Like my actual dick. See when I was editing the last one? you done it so close to the mic. I was like, there's a glitch there. How come that's so fucking loud? Fucking helicopter noise. So they get to about where they're then all playing Truth or Dare, which seems a bit childish for their age. Yeah. But... But then it could be the, the gas and the character changes they've been giving them, so they do. Which is true. Do these tropes. When you were younger, did you play Truth or Dare? Mm-hmm. A lot. Can you remember any dares or truths that you did? I, really, I honestly can't remember. Stupid things, nothing memorable. I did one, primary seven, we went to like a place up north, a school trip, and people were playing Truth or Dare, and I was like, dare, insert name, to go out with me. Or not, like, dare me to go out with her. Just for like a week, and he did it, and we for a week, didn't talk. It's one of my longest relationships up to later. <laughs> and it was all based on a day. They didn't kiss her. I mean, when we go this camping trip, we're going to go, it needs to be one with a lake. Mm-hmm. They all jump in to go swimming in the lake. Chris Hemsworth's character is brilliant. Seems like, oh, there's something in the lake. It's a, it's a gorgeous man! <laughs> and he's like, don't kill the gorgeous man! Sometimes you can hear his uh, Australian accent creeping through in yeah. this movie because I think he's still, this is pretty quickly after he. He left uh, Home and Away and he was over getting Hollywood movies. Was it pre-Thor? Pre-Thor, pre-Thor. yeah. But it was actually on the back of Thor that he, or this movie that he got Thor. Oh, was it? Yeah. Marty, the guy that plays the, the fool, the stoner, he doesn't take his shirt off and he wears bio clothes because he's actually way more ripped than the other two guys. More ripped than Chris Hemsworth? Yeah. Yep. He was like properly... No, he, that's what they say. They said he was like a, he was like a, a Greek god or a ripped Jesus or something they called him. I can't remember what they said. Which would then explain why... If it's warm enough for them to all go swimming, why has he got like five layers on? Ah, just to cover up how, how actual ripped he was. <laughs> See if you're in a movie with Chris Hemsworth and they've got to cover you up <laughs> because you're going to make Chris Hemsworth look less ripped. But this was, this was again, pre-Thor. Like he bulked up for Thor and stuff. But he's Australian. Proper ripped. Australians, are, they still have, they're still sculpted from fucking granite. Well, I'm jealous. <laughs> uh, criminal granite. Eh... <laughs> 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 uh, the practical effects and makeup, and even the see I know there's a lot of it in CGI, is shit hot in this film. Yeah. Like it's done really, really well. Give it a, give it 10, 10 points for practical effects. Yeah. So, when they're playing Truth or Dare, this is, they do the thing where they dare the girl to kiss the wolf, uh-huh. and she goes and does a kind of slight smooch of the wolf. The wolf was covered in powdered sugar, so it would taste better for her, apparently. Um, but then they kind of slag off. This is when they start to get they're getting mean, like they're changing into their stereotypical characters, and they're like, they're quite mean to Kimmy Schmidt, and they say to her, "Oh, you'll choose." It's not Kimmy Schmidt. You'll, you'll choose dear, and then you'll push out, and then you'll have to change the truth. So she's like, "No, dear." And then the cellar door goes, pew, flies open. <laughs> I dare you to go in the cellar. Fuck that! I would pass out for sure. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't be good in a horror movie at all because there would be no moving the plot forward to me at all. I'd just be hiding in the corner, crying. Like I, it would just not, nothing would change. But there's not really going to be anything down there. So fucking right there is. Would you rather strip tease and winch a uh, a wolf's head, or just go down and fucking go down with a torch and look? Under I'd strip tease and smooch a wolf's head. Oh man. Right, so we we'll go right. What we should do then is we should rent one of the kind of old fashioned big fancy houses that I used to go to with the hot and hot area, the patient holidays when I 
when we used to do them at my work. They were always creepy as shit. And there'd always be kind of weird doors or attics and stuff. So we should go to one of them and then you should go down one at night. I'll hardly go down one. And stay in it with the door shut so for like that, 20 minutes. There's a difference between me and you. There's the fact that I know where the danger lies. <laughs> I am not. I need to watch what I say here. I am not a pussy. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so even though in this in the movie you, you kind of flick between um, the the cabin story and back to the the science lab thing, the, the people mm-hmm. in, in the uh, the lab in the control room, it, the film still manages to have a lot of kind of scares and create tension, mm-hmm. even though you jump because they're quite comedic in the in the the control room, um, and it jumps back to the two guys that are watching it. Do you think the two guys in the control room are meant to be Joss Whedon, and Drew Goddard, like that way they're just throwing tropes into the, the Cabin in right. movie just to see what happens so yeah it's as if it's like a caricature of them hopefully when we tweet Joss Whedon this uh, he'll reply and say that uh, that's exactly what it was hopefully he'll come on the show yeah because <laughs> I loved Buffy and everything else Joss Whedon has done and I will not totally fanboy it all over <laughs> uh, the bit with it, again with the two guys that are in the, the lab Richard Jenkins who's in like six feet under and stuff yeah. there's a bit where it cuts to or he's looking at the CCTV of the Japanese schoolgirls. They've overcame the ghost in Japan's kind of horror plan that they've got. Yeah. And he's just screaming, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck you, fuck you, fuck you. That's like, that's just a, <laughs> it's just a brilliant scene. It's yeah. fucking amazing. So, uh, so this is when you get to the kind of, this part when, when they've kind of, they've picked, they went into the basement, they picked their, their horror based on all the different trinkets that was down there and they managed to read the book that's kind of evil deadish. That's the kind of uh-huh. way to go down. And it's a zombie backwards hillbilly family, and then they come out to try and kill them, and they all die in different gruesome ways. But they somehow manage to mess the order up, and the stoner doesn't die, which then in turn displeases the gods. And he doesn't die because the weed is smoking, because for some reason he's managed to actually like when the security guys were meant to clean everything up, he still managed to have weed on him, so the weed has. Kind of made him invincible to all of the little hidden messages that are coming through the vents. So the change, the, the changes their character and stuff. Yeah, he's. It's, which is now why I smoke even more weed, <laughs> just in case. So, uh, Stoner and Kimmy Schmidt find a way in back into the the lab because they go through the grave that the hillbillies come yeah. out of, and then that's when you see like a big kind of vault of endless amount of characters from different horror movies, and it's and it's not obviously because they're, they're not be used under license, but there's. It's referencing to a lot of different horror movies from, uh, from Dracula, Zombies, uh, Hellraiser. Um, like a, there's a clown. Clowns. A clown is the the things from, a uh, oh shit, what's that movie that um, they kill people in one day. The Purge. The Purge. The, the oh yeah, yeah, the faces the are, and, and um, it's the same like the Purge and uh, it's the strangers. A giant like that. dragon battle. Loads of things, just every kind of creature you could possibly imagine. But also before us, with the guy, because they're all, the scientists are all betting on who they're going to pick. Yeah. Because every year they bet, and the guy is fucking determined that they're going to pick the, uh, the merman. merman. Yeah. And he's so excited <laughs> to see the merman, which then comes into the bit soon when all the things get out. It's a merman that crawls along and kills him. And again, that's just Joss Whedon, like, perfect Joss Whedon. It's you know the the, the the merman scene when he's like chops into him and blows all the blood out his blowhole that was supposed to, that was like a 10 minute scene and they only used like 10 seconds oh, of really? it I, it was like 7 minutes or something long they, they made the scene last and they only used like the last 10 seconds it's so clever because it, it's like a throwaway line earlier saying oh man I'll never get to see a merman yeah. and then as he's it's, looking at it it's like smoke, foreshadowing isn't it and he's like oh you've <laughs> got to be kidding <laughs> 
Uh, so the question is though, right, once they find their way into the lab and they get into the kind of control room where all the elevators are, why the fuck does the purge system button even exist? Is that not the stupidest fucking button that could ever exist in that place? Especially, well, yeah, 100%. Yeah. It just opens all the doors and everybody, they all get out. Obviously it helps our characters, but it's, it's pointless. <laughs> I think, right, I think that this movie is brilliant and I love the idea, but I think that the second disc kind of end part slightly drags out. Some of the graphics don't really kind of hold up either, I don't think, and when they get all the creatures coming out killing at once, you can see where they're, they're, they're getting Aye. dated already. But I guess because it's CGI, if they'd done it all practical, it would have cost them a yeah. fortune, but yeah. it, maybe, it maybe would have lasted longer. See, they, they kind of managed to survive as all the creatures kill all the kind of security guards and all the scientists and the people in the lab as they make their way down at the dungeon part where the sacrifice is happening. Um, so Gunny Weaver pops up. She loves she's to pop him up at the end of a movie. I, I, see, when she's cast as that, though, I like it because it is just such a wee nod. It was supposed to, to be someone else. It was supposed to be Jamie Lee Curtis. Why did she couldn't do it? I think she couldn't do it. She was doing a movie. Hmm. And they gave it to Sigourney Weaver. I mean, it's still a quite a good kind of cameo pop up it's, it's Dougie she is quite good at it but see so how, how does this end again because the director tells him says you need like says to the virgin you need to either die or not but you no, need to be the last one alive the stoner has to die yeah. if the stoner doesn't die within like, like by midnight yeah. then the the big giant gods that are down below come, will the come over and everyone on the earth will die and so she kind of makes out as if she's going to kill him but then something happens then uh, something jumps in and something kills Sigourney Weaver something knocks her down and Sigourney Weaver gets the gun and then something comes in and kills Sigourney Weaver and then do they just sit and wait for the shit to hit the fans is that how, is that how it ends or does no, she does shoot him does she not no well, he gets shot in the shoulder at one point I can't remember the, the, no, it, it drags out at the end right whatever it is it, it's an attack Sigourney Weaver it kind of throws him off he does attack the girl you're calling Kimmy Schmidt because she was going to kill him, and then basically by the end of it, they're just sitting, fucked, like, about to die anyway. Yeah. And they're like, right, well, let's just wait on it, let's just give whoever it is that we're trying to stop, just let's give them a chance, because maybe maybe it's their time. Humans have fucked the world up, so... And then that's when the big giant hand comes out, and it's, it ends on... It's not Nine Inch Nails, it's a different... Is it Nine Inch Nails this one ends in? I can't, I honestly Yeah, yeah, it's this, it ends in Nine Inch Nails. Huh. So, what everyone I said about Cabin Fever <laughs> I take a point off it and give it a four because it wasn't that ending in Nine Um So, I, in this movie, I mean, it's 2011 and Joss Whedon managed to renew the slasher Cabin in the Wood story. I that's amazing. The third act does drag slightly um, on, on multiple watches, but it's definitely clever. It's a great mix of comedy and horror. Yeah. I gave, I gave it eight gorgeous men out of ten. I'm giving it a nine. Very, very strong mm. nine. Very strong name. So strong that some may say it's a 10, but it's a 9. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what have we been up to? We were out on Friday for booze with a fan and friend of the show, Chris Holt. Yeah. Uh, Good to meet you, man. We Cheers got inviting us out. We got really drunk. We get steaming. We offended the majority of the pub. Oh, the fuck I. Just for chat, we learned that it does only take five hours to get to London. No matter what you guys say. It does not. Uh, and we also met Kiss's brother and his friend. Okay, cool. So it was great to, to meet you guys. We had a crack night. I just want to say that on the night, I think I said that the guy who made Planet Terror is also the same guy who done the who acted in Six Feet Under as the um, dead 
body and makeup artist. No, it's not. It's not. Robert Rodriguez is the director who made Planet Terror. Freddie Rodriguez is the guy who acted in Six Feet Under. Where my confusion came from is that Freddie Rodriguez. Rodriguez is in yeah. Planet Terror. That's where my confusion came from. So, I was that drunk, I don't even remember you talking about <laughs> well, this. I did. Uh, uh, but on that night, we got asked a question. Uh, it was Craig that asked us a question, and he asks, which horror would you remake and why? One that hasn't been done. Well, I think that's what he asked, but that's not what I've picked. Right, what have you picked? I've picked I would remake Dawn of the Dead and I would do it so much better than the 2004 pish that's actually done made. Uh, they wouldn't run and it would be more of a, a post-apocalyptic world that you'd be surviving in. It would essentially be The Walking Dead. Yes. Could then send it in and a half. I would, I would not watch it. No, but you would because I would make it and you'd be like, this is fucking really good. That To me, that would go in the bin with the Cabin Fever remake. <laughs> uh, what would I remake? I'd remake Chopping Mall. Oh, I, I, could, I could do an update, yeah. But with actual chopping. And not, well, maybe the robots, but more, like, proper slasher you could make You could make the robots a chopping mechanism. I'd basically, I'd remake Chopping Mall for now, and it'd be super gory, and the title would actually have a lot to do with it, whereas in the old one, there was nothing chopped. No. I would have a whole lot of chopping. Would you I'd, put, I'd put so much chopping in it that people would be like, <laughs> ah, it's a, it's a nine, but there's just too much chopping. <laughs> you, you put so much chopping in that that would actually be the downfall. Right, uh, right cool, fair enough. But I, I'm committed to putting a, like, sprinkling so much chopping in it. And I think that our, both our remakes would be fantastic. And I think we definitely need to take about a few, two minutes to talk about the actual Cabin Fever remake that was done. Oh. And I had a lot of time, I had seen this was get, when it got announced, there was a lot of people online, ah, don't make remakes, don't make remakes. <laughs> and I'm bitching and moaning people who were maybe educated. A lot of people on these on Facebook pages they want are like very uneducated and they're just fucking annoying they were saying how don't make don't don't remake it but I had read uh, what the premise was and Eli Roth had allowed his friend who was a filmmaker he allowed him the original script to take to make his take on the script mm-hmm. which made me think well this is a filmmaking point of view then let's just see what a different director does differently to see if it actually is a difference in you know if, if a director actually has a lot involved like you can tell yeah. how what a director actually does so I had a lot of Slack for it, and I, I and and I, I gave it a lot of room to hopefully surprise me, and I, you know, I, I defended it so much, and then I watched it, and it was like, it was it was, it was shit. It, it's a scene for scene rip off of the original one. The well, script, I, I mean, it's the same script, so it's it's going I, to be it's the exact same. They've not the only thing they've done is keep the lassie that's getting sleep raped. They've actually woke her up, and. They've took out some of the things where oh well, you're gay, oh he's gay. They turned Giuseppe Andrews into a really and unbelievable. It's, like girl. I, I don't I don't understand and I'm not one of the people that thinks things shouldn't get remade because I still watch them, I still enjoy like the uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake I thought was brilliant. The Friday thirteenth remake thoroughly enjoyed. This there was no need for it to exist. Yeah. It, it, it kinda of missed the mark and I was I was definitely disappointed with it. Was it. Fucking, it, it was fucking it was I take it Eli Roth just said I got some money and that's it had nothing else to do with it. And the director of it his name is Travis Z. That is the name of a sex offender. <laughs> don't, don't try and don't shorten your second name down to one letter. But Travis Z is a stupid name, and I don't think he's done much else. And he probably won't because it's a fucking ridiculous movie. He could have took it and done something good with it, but he never. Yeah, it was disappointing, definitely. So have you watched anything this week? I have watched. Apart from the Cabin Fever remake. No, I've been watching Star Trek a lot. The original series? I'm getting through the original series. I've also started watching Voyager and Deep Space Nine. 
just because mm-hmm. they're both they're all on Netflix. Uh, the first episode of Deep Space Nine, the acting is absolutely god awful, but I'm assuming it's better as it goes on. I doubt it. <laughs> uh, I've not actually watched much. I'm kind of. I've watched a lot of Japanese wrestling. Hmm. Like so much Japanese wrestling. So much that I sometimes wake up thinking I am a Japanese wrestler. <laughs> Hi, all you teenage comet zombies. This is Kelly Maroney, and you're listening to Scott and Liam versus Evil. With disease, though, obviously, there's not really going to be a conspiracy corner because all diseases are can either be proven or disproven quite quickly, scientifically. It's not like there's going to be a disease that isn't real. They just can't be cured. They can't be cured. Like the AIDS. <laughs> and then they tapped. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we'll just do our top five Woods movies. Number five. My number five would be The Evil Dead remake. My number five is Don't Blink, which is that movie with Zach Ward had done a written review on. It's actually pretty good. It's clever. I think I just read your review. Yeah. But your review was so good that I thought I'd yeah. <laughs> Number four would be Cub. It's a Belgian film. I gave you a loan it uh, about a little boy who's like a little tree demon. Yep, I have watched it. I gave you it though. I know you gave me it. Did I not give you it back? You gave me it back. Aye, you but I didn't it, watch it. You had it for three months. I know, but I, I, I got a lot of stuff on. My number four <laughs> would be uh, Evil Dead, the original. Number three, Cabin in the Woods. Number three, Cabin in the Woods. Well done. I agreed. <laughs> Number two, Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Number two, Evil Dead 2, which is the better of the Evil Deads. Yep. So much so that my number one would be Evil Dead 2. <laughs> <laughs> and my number one is The Blue Witch Project. Which is all the shit. It is not all the shit. You weren't there. You weren't there, man! <laughs> you weren't there! You don't know! Nah, I, I, your list I agree with, up until Blue Witch. I don't agree that I should be in the top of any list for no, any movie. No, it is. I mean, you just because you weren't there for when it, when the marketing and you know how real top, it felt. Top five movies that are marketed really well, that I now appreciate. Yeah, Blair Witch should be in that list. Top five, top movie of all time. No, absolutely. Blair Witch not. is up there. Absolutely not. And number one. No, number one is the Ace Ventura Pet Detective. Or top horror movie of all time. Is Halloween. <laughs> They're remaking that. And I'm fine with it. And it's, I think it's got to be good. Because John Carpenter's actually involved in it, and also uh, Danny McBride. Who said that they've got to take away the supernatural and they're going to make it scary shit. So Which will be good. I'm looking forward to it. Do you have an honourable mention? Honourable mention would be The Witch and Dead Snow, the Norwegian zombie Nazis. Nazi. Yep. My honourable mention goes to Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Which is our namesake. Which is our namesake. Uh, there's a lot. Think about it, there's a lot of movies based in the woods. There was quite a lot. Uh, Cabin Fever. Uh, Cabin Fever 2. Cabin Fever 3. Cabin Fever, 3. Cabin Fever remake. Re- I, I wouldn't count that as a movie. Um, uh, Last House on the Left. Last House on the Left. A Spit in Your Grave. Uh, wrong Turn. Misery. Wrong Turn 2. Wrong Turn 3. Hatchet. Hatchet. Hatchet 2. <laughs> Hatchet 3. Dead End also come up when I search for them because they're lost in the woods. They're on a road so they're not secluded but they are in the woods. The Woods. Which was meant to be like the sequel to Blair Witch. Oh, because it was changed to Blair Witch. It wasn't released as The Woods, it was released as Blair Witch, and it was a sequel to Blair Witch, and it was brilliant. Shit. And it's not, only reason it's not on that list is because I haven't bought it on Blu-ray yet to own it, to watch it a second time I watched it in the cinema, it was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I've heard Alien Covenant, although we've not seen it yet, I've heard Alien Covenant is pish. Uh, I've seen the reviews are pretty Prometheus was rotten, and I actually have it in good authority that it's worse than Prometheus. I didn't really know if I'm in for the Alien movies to be honest with you I liked the first one the second one then no Alien Aliens and Alien 3 were brilliant they really were great movies no Alien vs Predator yeah no. Alien vs Predator 2 yeah 
Predator. Predator. Okay, I think they've just, they've just kind of lost their way. They need to get a new franchise. But what they need to do not do is don't make a big, massive hundred thirty-five million movie of King Arthur. Have it bomb in your opening weekend, and your ideas of having a five or six film franchise be cancelled by the studio straight away. Is that actually happened? <laughs> yep. The trailer doesn't look that bad for it's it. Bomb, did it not? Nobody's interested to go and see it. Is that just in Scotland though? Because it's no, King it's Arthur. That's the US opening really? opening weekend, eh? Mm. I mean, I obviously put a lot of faith in the opening weekend. It's, I mean, it's still in the cinema just now, so who knows? But uh, apparently, it's not doing too well. That's that's good. Yes. Uh, so, so that was it then. Yep. Woods movies, pretty good. Had fun. Enjoyed it. Cabin in the Woods is fucking outstanding. Yes, and uh, Cabin Fever is worth a watch. Not the remake. It's not the remake. Just definitely avoid that. So we are. If this comes out on Friday, then we will be getting pretty much ready to go see Kiss in about an hour, a day, a day and a half. Eh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, are we face painting? For well, kiss? there's going to be five years at least in the group, so it kind of makes an odd number. So I'm happy not to face paint, and you're just going to face paint. Scott, you have a kiss tattoo on you. You're the one person that has to face paint. I don't. Do you know how many people? How many people do you think are actually going to face paint? More than sixty percent of the crowd. You think so? Yes. Hundred percent. How do you face paint with a beard though? Because you don't get the paint on the beard. No, it's just paint the rest. I maybe just do. I maybe just do the the design without the the whole white. All face. you need is whiskers, and that's it. I'm not. I'm it's not. It's thing. You are family a, guy. Family guy has ruined the cat for everybody, and nobody wants to be the cat. You are the cat. I'm not the cat. My fuck. I'm nobody. Yeah, no, you're you know what I mean? I'm, I'm going to be for Detroit City. I'll be Chongo. No, you're the cat. Yeah, we'll, we'll work this out on Saturday. <laughs> you're working work as the cat? No. If you want to get in touch with us, uh, you can email us at evil at hotmail.com. You can get us on Facebook. We are getting ready to shut down the page, so it will only be the group because that's getting the best interaction. So join the group. If you're on the page and you actually listen to this this show, then join the group before the page gets shut down. You can get us on Twitter at scotlandleanversus. And you can get us on Instagram at Scott and Liam vs. Evil. You can get our personal pages at Liam Hellcat and, and the at cat at Kiss. <laughs> and <laughs> at Scott underscore versus underscore evil. And then we should just come in with, um, I think, and we talked about nations, but I think because we had that at the end, we should just come straight in with. Dun, dun, and it does not kiss. <laughs> <laughs>